Welcome, welcome back to Note Bene. Welcome, Nate, back here to Sweaty Union Square. We, we, we got Nate out from behind the paywall just for the special podcast. Um, it's sweaty as hell. I don't have an air conditioner in my office because I'm not a cucked American that needs air conditioning I'm sure everywhere. Back but in the country, why did I come back to the city? Yeah, you become a country squire, Nate. I where, know. Where, where were you? You, uh, you? Hurley, New York, which is quite lovely. Very, very uh, pastoral, it looked like, based on, based on my stalking of you guys on mm-hmm. the gram. You hosted your first dinner party up there, I believe? We did. It was, it was quite nice. We had some friends over. Uh, we went out to lunch. You went to Tivoli. Did you see uh, Did you see either of the two famous painting residents I that are married? I did not. Uh, Speaking, of course, of Bryce and Helen Martin. Uh, we got lunch at Tivoli General, right across the street from Hotel Tivoli, and uh, with a friend of the pod, James Schaefer, and his wife, Danielle. Cardoso Shaver, and uh, I looked up on Instagram to see if if Bryce and Helen were around, because I could go say hello. They are in Marrakesh, where they also have a home. Yeah, oh. that's nice. Uh, very nice. Marrakesh, yeah, Hydra, yeah. Uh, upstate New York, the city, and uh, St. something. Nevis. Saint, uh, Nevis, excuse yeah, me. No right. Saint, just Nevis. Um, well, the last time we hung out, we had a pretty good night. Yeah, you had arranged, as we've discussed in depth on the pod, for, a, for a four top at Bevelman's Bar. Reservation. I mean, a, a little. Year. It was a great reservation. It was a little late for me, but I made it. I had to kind of, you know, pep myself up, so to speak. Uh, first, we had a little bit of dinner. Where'd we go? We went to JG Mellon's, which I think is my favorite just sort of go-to non-fancy burger in New York City. Strong, I love strong it. disagree, but I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed our time there. It was fabulous. I, I, strong I, disagree. I don't, I don't understand what the gripe is. Every time My I've burger, had a burger was overcooked, bro. Mine was perfect. I don't know what's going on with you. I love that burger. And maybe she just didn't like the cut of my jib. Uh, our wonderful, somewhat surly, but sweet waitress. Um, so we went there, and then we uh, we we popped over. Uh, we were really doing like kind of a, a Wilt Stillman kind of cosplay evening, right? Right. We were we we, <laughs> we were just traipsing around the Upper East Side uh, as if we were in Metropolitan. Um, not quite as well dressed, but almost. Uh, so then we popped into a little drinking establishment, I believe called the Stumble Inn. Uh, yes, we did. We we stumbled into the Stumble Inn. We weren't at the stumbling stumbling zone. No, we. Yeah, we we really just we walked in there like we own the place really. Uh, we did we did own the place. There was an amazing, I wouldn't call him a singer songwriter because I'm not sure if we heard any of his original uh, compositions. Uh, but a great guy on the guitar, just throwing down with the late '90s, early aughts pop uh, pop rock stuff. Truly, truly inspired shit. Do you remember what was on the playlist? I can't I can't recall it in specific, but he was he was really quite good, and we were into it. He it loved was us. Like some third Eye Blind. It was some oasis. It was just exactly what you want to hear. You'll have to ask. I know you're having dinner with George Newell this evening. You'll have to ask him because I know he had a, a, a pleasant interaction as we were leaving that bar. He did. Uh, Thanks with, for with, reminding me. With, with, the, uh, with the, the, the performer. Uh, yeah, we are going to the Crocodile tonight. I think uh, we discussed that later, actually, in the pod. Yeah. I'm going to Brooklyn for dinner tonight. I, I, I am, too. Uh, it took me a while to figure out where I wanted to go tonight. And uh, the... Um, establishments of the uncancelable Keith McNally were all booked up. So I, I chose Le Crocodile in Brooklyn. I'm having a little bit trouble with my schedule these days, Nate. I went from having nothing for over a year, like no, no nothing to do, nowhere to go. And I'm saying yes to everything, but like I'm forgetting to put things in my book. I'm just a little bit overwhelmed by all the socialness. And so I my know. double and triple booking, it's not a good look. Apologies to anyone I've flaked on recently at the last minute. Yeah. I know it's um it's not adult of me, but I get overexcited about things and then I just it's the ADD is really, really. I, I triple booked myself last Thursday. It was it was horrifying. I think I had a Keen's dinner, a, a Bevelman's drink invite that, that I had to say no to, uh, as well as 
something else. And I, I just couldn't make it to any of them. You, you, you didn't make it to Keynes? No, I didn't make it. I was on deadline. I had to write about the, the sale at Christie's. I did make it to Forlini's uh, for the dinner for the great, great painter Kai Christensen Knowles, who has a show open at Lomax that is so metal. I'm a believer. It is an amazingly, so amazing good. show. It's so hardcore. I have to admit, uh, though I tried, I was not able to sell any to my clients because it's just so metal. I do have one, actually, that's unfortunately all wrapped up in my office. I bought it at Basel a few years ago for myself, uh, and I'm very excited. I was hoping to get it on the wall for you here today, Nate. But you know how much I love Kai. I can't really hang my own art or else bad things happen, so it's right. going to sit here wrapped up so we can get a competent, uh, a competent art, tech, art technician, as they say in the UK, uh, I, to sort it out for me. I've been hearing some negative response to the show, and it is all coming from people who I don't like already. So yeah, I, I, don't, I, I can't imagine who... I, you're not going to name names here. I'm, I'm guessing, not. but what what would a negative what would a negative take on this show be like? We're talking about these like kind of post uh, late '80s heavy metal slashed with fantasy fiction I mean, comic like paintings. What, what, how could you not like shit. that? People people say that, it, that this is like the opposite of art, or it's like ruining New York City, and like people who say what? that I, what I, I know. You, you're making this up. I actually I, I, li- not, I literally don't believe you right now. People are just incensed by this show, and I just don't understand why because it's just the most unbelievably new outrageous art I, mean, I can find so i can long. find i can understand them being too hectic for you but actually thinking they're bad for new york i actually want to i want to fight that person i do too or people i'll take I on mean, too like, it's just it's fun to watch the lame boring people dislike this show uh because like it's just truly a line in the sand i, I didn't know about this off pod you're gonna have to you're gonna have to show me some of these takes these i will terrible 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 but, takes but if you miss this show regardless of your opinion you are making an enormous mistake so go to lomax and see kai's show yeah i'm gonna re-engage i'm gonna have to get some they are really hectic they'll be very tough to live with but they are great paintings they did sell the largest triptych from the show to they a did. major uh, a major collector in dallas but not a collector of mine there and uh, i would like to rectify that but th- it is tough but to say that they're bad i mean it just feels so right now you know i was doing a little bit of research on kai and there's not a lot written about him uh, i the, know the best thing written was actually by dean your friend and my friend friend of the pod dean kissick who wrote a great, kind of profile when he went up to kai's studio where he that he shares with kind of a couple other painters of the same general outlook on life dean was there at the dinner at forlinius what was funny was uh and this has apparently happened to a few people um alex mistakenly texted me to go to finelli's and he meant to say forlinis and a uh, friend of the pod, Caitlin Phillips, said that that also happened to her, that someone texted her to go to Finale when they meant Forlini's. I think this is just an endemic. Uh, I, I definitely would get confused between the two, because even right now I can't picture which is which in my head. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> Different our- restaurants, though. All right, let's get into it. Last week, uh, we obviously got deep into the auctions. Um uh, much like the fair, Auctions they, they came on. Have they happened? We're not going to get too much into it. I mean, I do have a lot of analysis on different things, but that's actually going to go to my paying customers. Um, um, but things that stood out to me, just top line, I thought it was dope that Dana Schutz sold for so much. Yes, because it was for charity. More than organized we, by well, we predicted. We predicted Wait, two. That was, that was one of the few that we that we were under on. Yeah. Um, and uh, and I and it, it was actually the the hammer price ended up tripling because someone had done a, a triple match donation that Haley had arranged. So it ended up being almost ten million dollars for for Nato of kind of uh, for, for for virgin land to be preserved pretty fucking cool um really Haley, cool Haley. Haley. I, mean, it's, I mean it's just incredible um joel messler obvious friend of the pod going for almost a quarter million dollars for a large-scale painting and just on the heels of that announced that he will be doing uh, his first show in asia with levy, levy gorvey 
big, uh, big kind of major, kind of major, and that he's now. He, although he showed with Dave, they officially announced that he was on the roster. I didn't realize that was in question at all. Um, and then uh, other friend of the pod, yet to be a guest, but maybe this summer, uh, Rashid Johnson, uh, a world record for him for a painting. He also donated for charity, uh, selling Fantastic for almost painting. two million bucks. Killer painting killer price um very very cool Happy and then Sheen. a cause that is close to my heart a group of paintings in the day sale by uh, artists including ann craven and jonas wood that were donated to benefit rx art which puts uh, original commissioned artworks in hospital spaces used by children uh, all in the, the four or five lots from that made almost half a million bucks so you, you're a longtime supporter of rx art i, I am i, I know that i like what they do the, the galas with you and and, and yes yeah, it's, it's an amazing cause and i, I love the, the the instagram post not just because you're wearing my hat in it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I was, I was double dipping there, but yeah, uh, the Haas brothers uh, with Citizens for Humanity collaborated to make a really great shirt. Find my Instagram. There's a link there. You can go and buy it to support the great work that RX Art does. I'm not sure how many shirts we'd have to sell to match the half a million dollars they raised at auction. Probably quite a few, but we can try. Um, I have to say, just like take away outside the analysis of the market, and I, I do have things to say that I'm, I'm going to save really for my clients. But just overall, it seems like uh, Sotheby's is just really fucking better at the hybrid online model than Christie's. Uh-huh. Um, their auctioneer was better. Ollie Barker like just crushed it, kept it moving. Uh, um, the woman at, at, at Sotheby's, uh, Gemma Sudlow, who I'd never heard of before, she was just really at halting, Christie's. stilting. Yeah, Christie's like the technology didn't work as well. The TV studio wasn't as nice. And we had it just to was watch a fucking Vlad before it was just like a nightmare oh, the blasberry stuff who i i'm kind of fond of but that was like not the best use of him no. he seemed really awkward like a deer caught in headlights <laughs> and then the poor special so they trot out these specialists in this kind of pre-game almost football game like pre-game show and they got to give these these specialists who are all quite knowledgeable uh in their in their specialties uh, they got to give them some some media training because they have no yeah. idea how to act or, exactly. or speak to the camera, and it's not easy. Like I'm, I'm not very good at it. You need to, you need to train for that stuff. Um, that was not lovely. Yeah. But some of these like looked, it just looked clean, smooth. I mean, I guess being owned by someone who's very involved exactly. in the media world probably helps. Right. I think Drahi has really pushed this sort of. Uh, uh, the media angle they, they they live stream them on cheddar which is the broadcasting service that draw owns and i think that that's a big big part of the whole sotheby's ethos right now and it really shows they they have a very slick uh just entire well, uh, model that's part of the ethos and just cutting costs everywhere right um you know and, and i will say well while uh while the the show looked better on on the sotheby's platforms uh christie's kind of kicked their butts in terms of what they sold in terms yeah. of the amount of money so maybe it doesn't matter to the actual bidders uh-huh. um and speaking of uh, of auction houses and auction house moves and speaking of sotheby's uh they just uh, announced a big uh, rearrangement of their hong kong uh, uh offices yeah uh, which is as i understood that their their new head of their um uh, of Hong Kong uh, or uh, of the uh, APAC region, uh, Asia Pacific region, is actually uh, uh, Mr. Draghi's son, Patrick Draghi's son, yes, who true. previously has no consumer facing uh, uh, background or certainly any art world background. And I'm not sure who decided this. Maybe it was him that uh, Alec Branchek, uh, who for a long time head of, of Europe, uh, contemporary art for Sotheby's, super smart guy, super really funny smart. guy, knows his art, really like, makes deals. He's, he's a rainmaker for sure, is going over to head up uh, the Hong Kong office for, for contemporary and post-war art for Sotheby's. And he's bringing with him over Max. Um, uh, Max uh, yeah, uh, our, friend, our, our friend Max. Mm-hmm. Um, Which, you know, I, I'm going to miss seeing Max around, but great, great yeah, for Max, him. Max Moore. I mean, I'm assuming, according to an Instagram post, he's never been to Hong Kong before. So I think it's we interesting tell to tell them about the spicy under the bridge crap. We certainly should, but I think you know, if I were running that company, it'd be interesting to bring someone who had never been there over to run the sales yeah, in the region. Max uh, is, is 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 a sort of fresh face. He's he's a, 
you know, he's a budding rainmaker of his generation. No, he's listen, he'll, great he'll, I think he will do fine. It's not a business decision I would have made, but what do I know? I'm like a single proprietor uh, art advisor. <laughs> um, you know, so obviously they may know better than me, but, you know, Yuki, who was running, uh, was really Yuki doing the out. job that Alex did, who, in my experience, not only was like a pleasant person to deal with, was an absolute assassin that could oh, just yeah. structure complex and very large deals and knew every major player on the buy side I mean, in Asia. Who was on the phone with... with- Mr. Maizawa, when he purchased the Basquiat, who was it? It was Yuki Teres. Yeah, and, and and just was a constant performer. And I think the loss of her is going to be really felt. I mean, my guess is she's going to go on. She was just sick of working at an auction house and decided totally. she could make more money, you know, structuring deals on her own the way so many auction house people do. It's a and grind. I, I think it speaks. You know. I think it speaks to a, a, a but a soft uh, soft underbelly to the Sotheby strategy and that 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 specialists don't matter. They and their relationships really do. And if you're not going to compensate them in a really generous way, they're going to figure out that they can take that ten to twenty percent vig themselves and put it in their pocket. Look at me. That's what I do. Exactly. Um, uh, just moving on, but staying staying in the Asian region as as you've reported and, and multiple people have and that uh, we've chatted about in depth on this art f- uh, on this podcast it's uh, official now yep. freeze going to seoul great news i mean i can not wait i mean bro. we're going to seoul this is so exciting i've never been to to south korea i cannot wait to get there hang with a friend of the pod andrew russeth who's now an expert in all things seoul uh this is a great move for freeze like clearly this is where all the action is there are galleries opening there there's big collectors like there already and more going there this is going to be the center of culture in asia going forward whoa big statement i think so well hong kong is you know still an economic center of course but i think that that you know all the heat is on seoul right now and I, I don't disagree with you. I don't know enough to say it definitively. And obviously, I have a certain political outlook that makes me less interested in Hong Kong right now just because of what the government uh, has been doing um, over there um, and how they may uh, interfere in culture. I think they'll actually f- affect businesses beyond the art world going forward. Uh-huh. Um, so I, I, I hope that you're right. Um, and I just want an excuse to go romp around Seoul, look at some great art, Absolutely. and eat some great food. Uh, um, and we'll be there. So it's going to be, what, September, September 22? Yeah, so it's a ways off. But we'll be there. You're not, I'm getting I'm saving my pen. I'm definitely yeah, not flying coach totally. there. Um, <laughs> um, but it also is interesting, though, that you know, a, a lot of the kind of narrative uh, from dealers uh, during the pandemic, especially later in the pandemic when things were more settled, where you know, we're realizing we don't need to do as many fairs. Uh, it's, you know, we need to be home more. We need to be with our artists. There's yep. been this whole line. Uh, and then to add what I think is probably a must-do fair for a lot of dealers um, is kind of interesting. Was what it means is there will be a fair in some dealers if they if they hew to this kind of we're going to do less or a set number someone's going to have to drop out and I'm I'm, I'm wondering what fair would, would would they knock off um in my mind there's certain must do fairs there are the two Basels my uh, three Basels excuse me uh, Basel Basel Hong Kong and in Miami. Uh-huh. Uh, and I think that I think the three fa- freeze fairs are must do fairs. Uh, totally. freeze in London, uh, uh, or freeze masters, uh, freeze in New York and freeze Los Angeles, and now freeze Korea. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's seven right there must do major fairs. And there's a fair in New York that's already in September, the Armory Show, which is now in September. Yeah, probably not a must do in my mind. It might not be, especially if it's the the week after freeze Seoul. It's just that's a lot of flying. Never yeah. mind. The, I mean, obviously the environmental thing, but just the the, the drag on the body. So I think it's going to be. I think September is going to be a tough month. Um, I know totally. Chica- Chicago is a, Chicago, is a much smaller right. fair, very smartly moved. I think it's in a different class, but smartly moved into the spring. Mm-hmm. Um, 
uh, yeah, we'll see. But I feel like um, I, I feel like people are going to do less fares, but I think they will have to do that one, and that means another fare is going to have to cut. And I'm obviously you know, leaving out Maastricht and uh, 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 and TAFAF, which are also you know critical fares, um, for, but yeah. for maybe a, a slightly different type of dealer than we'll be doing a freeze. Mm-hmm. Um, that's enough of that. Um, other kind of quick news. Uh, a long-time rumor has been now confirmed by you. Those of you that could get past mm-hmm. the paywall might have read that David Kordansky <laughs> Gallery uh, in Los Angeles is now officially coming to New York. This I haven't signed true. a lease yet, but it's going to happen. I mean, you know, Dave is a, f- a friend of mine. I'm, I'm tremendously in awe and, and love what he's been able to do and the business he's been able to build. I, I'm a, a big supporter and collector of a lot of his artists. It will be a little tough just because a lot of the artists that are, are, much, are the most core to his program in LA already have some sort of representation here in New York. And what I couldn't really get into in the story, just because this is kind of another story, uh, is that, one, this is great for New York City to have Dave uh, establishing gallery here. This is one of of the best galleries in the country in a lot of ways. And um, though it is so closely identified with Los Angeles, um, it's going to be exciting to see what he does here in New York. And I think it'll give an opportunity to develop, uh, you know, the exposure for some of his newer, younger artists. Um, you know, I think like Lauren Halsey and uh, Lucy Bull, they don't have any representation in New York. And that's the sort of new guard of Dave's artists. And I think it's going to be really great to have them show in New York City. Um, that's a really good point. I think of it as the artist I am already interested exactly. in and involved in. So I think of those mostly having a conversation. But of course, he has signed on all these new people. And it gives space to maybe sign on some more people that are more based on exactly. here. And it's easier to be in touch with I your artist. Yeah, because he, he reps like some of the biggest names in contemporary art. It's it's you know easy to forget that, that Dave was there on the ground floor for these guys. And he's still doing that. Um and he's still signing on, you know, new exciting artists that we don't even know about. And they, I think that's they have great. a beautiful looking show of Sam Gilliam paintings in Los uh, Angeles. That's like damn. really, really elegant, very expensive, very elegant. Um, did you get any sense in your reporting? Obviously, not that you could confirm about where in the city is he going to be a Chelsea guy, a Tribeca guy. I mean, the the word has always been that it's going to be in Chelsea, um, which is both a little surprising given how much heat there is in Tribeca, but also kind of understandable because that's sort of where a Dave Kordansky gallery in New York belongs. Yeah, and I think, you know, his generation, which is mine, you know, you think of Chelsea as the gallery zone, especially coming from Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. You want, you also want like a big, columnless space, the kind of space that only Chelsea, uh, right. you know, Trebek has great things that are a little funkier, but that only Chelsea can provide. I mean, he does great pieces of, of, of architecture in Los Angeles. I haven't been since they've expanded the gallery, obviously, because it opened during the pandemic. I'm going to go to LA in a couple weeks, I guess. Yeah. And I'll definitely uh, go check that by, out. by Kulipat Yantraset and Y. Thank you for saying his name. He's so cool. I love him. So I always cool. have trouble with his second name. Kulipat um, and I had a blast in Miami. He's in, a pretty fun guy. Oh Good arch- great architect and a pretty fun guy. Really fun guy. Um, yeah, I haven't seen the expanded gallery yet either i'm looking forward to seeing it in july i am booked by the way for, i'm going in for, june we'll see we'll see if, we'll see if july happens i'd like to make it you happen. gotta make it to felix i'm throwing another wet paint party dude the pool's really nice in sag that time of the year so we'll see <laughs> you're gonna miss my party dude no it's if, I, if, so I, have, if I have clients that want to go i'll go i would i mean i have flown to los angeles for a party before but i'm not sure <laughs> i'm gonna do it right now um other things that stuck in my head just kind of glancing through the news is I'm pretty excited if we make it to Paris uh, this coming fall right. that Mr. Pinot's new museum uh, in the former stock exchange there oh, uh, uh, the Bourse so de Commerce uh, designed by Tado Ando who's done a lot of the projects for uh, Francois Pinot uh, most, uh, most especially in Venice uh, looks amazing um, they have uh, they're opening with a show of more than 32 artists there's like 200 works including the largest collection of Damon Hammond's works ever shown in Europe I believe definitely 
in wild. France, but I think in Europe. So that is something I I couldn't find online when it is open to. But if we make it to Fiac, um, you know, as a culture and as individuals, if we make it to Fiac, um, <laughs> that's something that we could go and say, I'd be down. Oh, um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm hoping to make it to Fiac. I, honestly, I haven't really. Started. I mean, you uh, Paris loves you, and you love Paris, man. You know how much I love Paris. Yeah. I mean, like I, I showed you my my Paris, and we had a fucking the first blast. time I've loved Paris, and uh, other than the first time I went, which was with my uh, the woman who's now my wife, but the first time I loved it as an as an adult uh, was with you, and I was like, yeah. oh, well, listen, this place is kind of fun. Right. Um, um, I'd gone a couple more uh, previous times for Fiac and and not had a blast. Right. Shall well, we, we say went, we went to Harry's and then we got a great steak frite at uh, that Daniel Rose restaurant uh, mm-hmm. that was, was just so fabulous. And then we also went to a pretty fun party while in Paris, the Patrick Sagan party. Oh yeah, yeah that's that's it. one of the best parties. That's an okay apartment. I would live there. I think <laughs> Patrick Patrick may have a little bit of taste. It's <laughs> it's worth going to Fiac just for that party. Yeah, I, we're referring to Patrick Sagan, a great uh, dealer of French mod or all, all sorts of uh, modernist furniture, uh, but also. A great collector and art dealer and uh, raconteur. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Be cool to have him on sometime. Um, but the, but the the Pinot Collection Museum uh, is in a is in a neighborhood. I don't know the Chalet. I guess you'd pronounce that right. Uh, it's sort of just central Paris. I guess. Okay. I mean, I mean, so it, I do know it. I just didn't know it had a name. It, we don't really go there all the time. It's like where the old market was. But um, it's it's easy easily accessible. Of course. Um, I yeah. I think that that it's going to be one of the great new museums in Europe. It might be it might be hard this year to do Freeze Fiac and two by two in I Dallas know. for me. Not to mention, you know, Basel in September. Yeah, I'm just thinking out loud. That's like a, there's a lot of back and forth to Europe. I know. I'm trying to save the maybe. planet, man. I have kids. I don't want what, them to, I don't want them to grow up in a maybe wasteland. Basel, Paris, Dallas. I think I got to go to London. Uh, okay, London is my spot. Yeah, um, all right, that's all I have. Did I miss anything, Nate? Uh, not too much. No, uh, I oh. think uh, you know it's time for a cocktail and. Uh, but first, but first, we're gonna uh, stay tuned. Just after this, we're gonna interview with the gallerist and uh, creative oh, yeah. consultant and Stick the all-around dope dude, Joe Cole, the man, the myth, the legend, Joe Cole. Right after this. All right, we're very excited to be joined today by Joe Cole, gallerist, Joe. Eater, famed food and beverage man, who's roamed all over America, uh, bringing culture to the people, and now he's here in sweaty Union Square in my unair conditioned so, office. So glad to have you, Joe. What's That's going amazing. on, Joe Cole? Proprietor of Broadway Gallery, but so much more. I can't think of somewhere else I'd rather be right now than <laughs> your, your sweaty office. We get that from a lot of people. Well, you know, having come back to New York full time, I'm still in the very happy to be here phase. So. Mm. Well, I mean, it's, this is also like the a honeymoon phase. A better New York than New York has maybe ever been in our youth. Yes, the the the, the people were telling me that the city is reawakening right now. In fact, uh, yeah, I, I, I think that's. I mean, yes, but it's a little played out. But it just is super fun to be outside and be in the world, and probably to have a gallery in Tribeca, which is kind of like the the ground zero, uh, not just of like the galleries, obviously, but like food people hanging out streets are popping it's yeah it's been great we opened we opened the gallery as you guys know last october uh just wrapped our fifth show with andrew quo which was terrific and it's been in this time um both in this time and personally in my own time what you said is true it's been awesome to have have this gallery right now the there's been while the city's still been hibernating or hiding or Retreating in many ways, Tribeca, and I think the the gallery scene has been a really active community and and one that's been, uh, it's really put wind in in my sails getting through these last six months or whatever it's been. 
Um, and we're going to get to it. I want to get to to the gallery, what brought you to New York again, what got you to return to New York, I suppose we should say. But I want to back up, I mean, not a ton of it, but yeah, fuck it, let's go back to the beginning. When were you born? No. Um, but I want to hear, because I mean, I know, like, I know your story to a degree, because we spend a lot of time rapping, but I don't totally know it. I mean, for me, the beginning, at least as an adult, as a fully not fully formed, but as a, as a not quite embryo, is you're working in, in the dark arts of marketing and advertising in like the early 2000s, the aughts, early to mid aughts, maybe? Mid to late 90s. Oh, okay. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Date me a little bit go. further. Grandpa Joe on the pod. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, so you're doing that. You're living in New York already? In New York. I moved here in 96. And uh, yeah, I worked for Comedy Central, MTV, uh, McCann Erickson uh, in advertising, spun out of there and started directing commercials for agencies like that and many others for... Oh, you were a director I, of the commercials. I was, yeah. I was, yes, I was a commercial director, which is what then got me to move from New York to Los Angeles for um, quite a quite a long stretch of time. Chasing the light and the magic? Um, th- at the time, that's what I thought. And uh, I enjoyed it and had a, had a good run. It kind of... Uh, I would say it it slowed down of its own <laughs> of its own momentum at some point, um, and uh, I was in LA for a while. And while I was doing that, started doing more things that that expanded upon creative consulting. Let's say from uh, design consulting on on restaurants, uh, retail with uh, working with my wife with her. Uh, much much loved store ten over six that was opened in LA for nine nine so, years. So that started in LA. That's that where started ten over LA. six started. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, as it pertains to to art, a lot of that, a lot of those things were always uh, inspired by um, you know what was happening in the art world, whether it was directing commercials, particularly looking at at photography. You saw my wife posted a, a picture of a. Of a work we have by, by Nan Golden, which is pretty much in line with how we were collecting at that point in time, because it was very much so feeding into what I was doing. Well, it's an easy jump from, you know, fashion photography to fine art photography right. is like, you know, that's an easy. Right. Uh, exactly. Easy um, and uh, so, yeah, so we were, that was New York to LA, those chapters. So that makes sense. That's pretty standard coastal elite shit. Yeah. Um, you know, like creative directing, opening boutiques, you know. Yeah. Are you doing any are you doing any food and beverage stuff at that point other than consuming? No, just mass consuming. <laughs> <laughs> mass consuming, fortunate. Live in that expense account life. Fortunate to have been traveling, you know, everywhere and anywhere and you know, there's I think there are you, you get to a point where you consider yourself a hotel expert and a food and beverage expert just by virtue of participating in it, and that, that's really where I was. I had a lot of opinions. At Gra- that time. Grabbing that, grabbing that B roll in Tulum, just had to have it. Had to have the shot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, so, w- so, so that all makes sense to my brain, my very small kind of slow moving brain. But then I next pick up your thread. Like the narrative is you're in Austin. I'm in Austin. How did I mean? Well, I uh, I started. As I was doing, spending less and less time in the commercial world, which was just uh, both fizzling in some ways and also not satisfying in others, um, I was spending more and more time expressing my opinions to people and winding up being asked to do uh, various projects from uh, that were starting to enter into the F&B world, hospitality, design, concept, uh, and uh, advising. Uh, so just kind of like growing out of the creative consulting 
growing out of the commercial stuff into a different form of creative consulting that was definitely rooted in um, concept development and design. So people just basically paying you for having exceptional taste? More or less, yeah. And and really it was the same thing as directing commercials in a way. I was setting up narratives and scenes for you know, products that no one cared about and trying to make it entertaining into creating those scenes in almost like a hotel environment. And unfortunately I couldn't get people to dress the way I wanted them to and (laughs) say what I wanted them to. Um, The audience is always the problem. Yeah. Uh, But we, I started um, consulting on a project in Dallas, which is where we eventually met. Um, And one hotel project led to a coffee shop, led to a restaurant, led to, you know, commissioning artwork or acquiring artwork for, for these places. Uh, and then eventually led to Austin. The, the people I was working for there had a, had a property in Austin that, uh, I took the reins of in terms of, um, concept creation and development for what was going to be a a hotel project with a pretty big art component as well. Uh, none of which ever happened, but it was uh, enough to, to, to get us to go give Austin a try, which was a, a great place to live. And uh, I continue to doing those type of those types of projects um, in Austin, in Dallas, in Miami. I mean, you guys built like a pretty cool house in Austin while you were there, didn't you? Big mistake. Yeah, we built um, huh. a really rad house from the ground up. Um, Where exactly was it in Austin? It was so. If I mean, if anyone's familiar with Austin, the first way you describe it, you say it's in the O four, um, which is South Austin. And also, uh, I guess I should. I should plug. Um, I I did design a restaurant that I'm you know part owner of in Austin that's still thriving today uh, called June's. That's also in South Austin, which I've never been to, but it's supposed to be pretty epic, super it's, fun place. It's pretty great, and my partners on that do an awesome job. They have a whole bunch of other restaurants and now hospitality things going on in Austin and Aspen. We're partners on a restaurant in Aspen together called Clark's, um, and those guys are opening a hotel in New Orleans now also. So they're. God, you're yeah. so fucking cool, Joe. It's uh, kind of intimidating, bro. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank so, you. So you're working for someone in Dallas who's also doing restaurant and retail concepts yes. uh, downtown. Concurrently, while you're in Austin working on that, or it comes Yeah, at that point, I was, I, was travel- I was doing things in Austin, traveling to Dallas, traveling to Miami, uh, and, and for related reasons, LA, New York, Seattle, all sorts of places uh, the whole time. I, the, the client in, in Dallas, I, I think over the years from LA to Austin to, to Dallas. I, I think that I uh, had a hand in developing and opening something around 12 or 13 um, hospitality concepts, restaurants, yeah. etc. Yeah, I mean, and that's when, as you said, alluded to, that's when I first got to know you because I <clears throat> spent a lot of time in Dallas myself and you were the creative director for the group that owned the hotel that was my, my hotel of preference as, as well as a couple of the attached restaurants that were also kind of some of my favorites and yeah. not just for the food and the, and the we're decor. We're talking about the, the jewel vibe. here. We, yes. we, we are. I don't know if we're going to talk around it. We're talking about the jewel. That's um, fine. No, it's all, 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 all You're good. not there. I'm never staying there again. Yeah. <laughs> um, but one of the reasons that attracted me to these restaurants and these spaces and the hotel is that there was a fantastic, um, you know, uh, art component, um, really like it was integrated within the brand. It wasn't just like kind of a plop down of some sculptures or some pictures on the wall. It seemed like it had grown up around it. How did you, I mean, obviously you started out collecting photographs and, and obviously probably knew a lot of artists just from LA and, and even Austin just because of the circles I think you were running in. How did that evolution to really making the art become really integrated with the project as opposed to a kind of afterthought? Well, well, yeah, we, my, my wife and I just started collecting, I would say, yeah, organically just being interested uh, and, and as we 
grew up and made more money. We spent more money and, you know, it, it, photography is also sort of a, an entry point in a way. Um, and I think we, we, we saw that, that collecting was something we really enjoyed and, and wanted to participate more and more in, and, and basically wound up getting to the point where we put most of our disposable income toward it. Um, as far as the integration, you know, one thing that I, that I learned actually in, in Dallas from the group of people there, it has, as you know, a pretty, um, incredible collecting community, uh, who is, is often pretty bold and, and unafraid of putting the art out there <laughs> and vocal too. Yes. And vocal. Um, and the, the client that I was, that I was working for with the jewel, he, he's a, uh, he's a great collector and, um, ha- was already doing this him and, and, and John Runyon, who he works with, were doing a, a, a great job putting things out there. And, um, so I just kind of, in the projects that I started doing, uh, took my cue from that into looking at those projects and saying, well, what, what can we bring into this either from an acquisition perspective or even more fun in many cases, uh, a commission. Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking particularly of, I think it was probably the last full project you saw through, which was this great kind of Tex-Mex restaurant with the Al Freeman's, uh, kind of really like installed a presumed commission for the space. Yes. Yeah. That was, that, that, that was great. And yeah, I had, uh, I had Al and... Uh, this is great double height space, so all these soft sculptures by Al, uh, electrical cords, I forget exactly what else. The space cords. is already kind of like neon in a kind of 80s Mexican restaurant vibe, I would say, well, a little bit. Texas has no shortage of, of obviously, of Tex-Mex restaurants. They didn't need <laughs> didn't need me to make one. It didn't have one with Al Freeman sculptures. It didn't though. have one with Al Freeman sculptures. I, I actually approached that restaurant design trying to figure out how to do everything as inexpensively as possible. And, uh, that led to basically what, what happened, you know, it's looking at, at things where the more restaurants that I got into, the more I wanted to look for ways to, to do less over the top with them. And, and that restaurant's a good example of it. And yes, I had, I had met Al, um, through, uh, our mutual friend and her art dealer, Ellie Rines. Shout out to Ellie Rines. I'm goddess, guessing a friend of this pod. Um, big big friend pod friend of me of the pod for friend sure friend of me of the pod <laughs> what what did jerry call her the thrush mother of the lower east side <laughs> there we go I there we go i didn't know about that one but you know <laughs> oh yeah he's not very good but when he is good when he's, he's good, so he's fucking so good, good. <laughs> i'm still trying to figure that one out but uh i i, I think it's a hunting thing i'm not sure that <laughs> um, sounds about right <laughs> but yes no i had them down and and you know just talked about different different projects we could do um my, my wife was at the time also uh, running 4510, the, the fashion business there, um, with stores in Dallas and New York and Aspen and a whole bunch of other places. And um, and yeah, so I would often bring an artist to town as a new project was, was coming up. Um, we had collected Al's work our, uh, as well, personally, and um, just looking for a way to get that work uh, involved in a, in a in a public project, and I had the ability to do it. Well, I mean, you guys kind of moved. I kind of skipped over this part. Moved physically, including your family, the kids, the mm-hmm. dog, uh, from Austin to Dallas after your and your wife's shop or kind of boutique had been acquired by the group that owned the hotels and the restaurant we're speaking of, right? That's right. And and we embarked on a, a substantial expansion of that. Uh, what my wife did, I I, I worked with her and. Um, I would say uh, a conceptual and, and design capacity helping with the, the new stores that we were opening all over the place. Um, and so, yeah, we, we 
that opportunity brought us to to Dallas. Um, we had this entire time we had a place on and off throughout the years in the city. So we were back and forth in New York. We were back and forth quite a bit. But yeah, we were in Dallas for uh, I shouldn't think just shy of two years and moved into in that time not a house that you built, but another fairly significant piece of architecture. Pretty incredible house. We it wasn't it is an incredible house. Yes, we 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 moved into uh, the the Rachovsky's former house, um, which was really a spectacular place to live. Um, and I mean, it was essentially, I mean, in a great place to show art. I mean, in fact, in, in my quick, you know, kind of prep work, both, you know, there's an, an AD, an AD tour of the art collection in situ. I mean, it's funny because this was the, the second Rachowski house that was built in Dallas. This one was a more family friendly, mm-hmm. uh, situation and it was perfect because you guys had a family. Yeah, it was great. Uh, it was, it was really wonderful. And, and that's, I mean, you know, the people talk about the, the cliche of, you know, everything's bigger in Texas. That that's certainly, certainly true, <laughs> true of that house. Um, but we, we've, very much enjoyed it and yes as far as living with living with art that that house for all the square footage i mean i think a lot of people would look at it and and say wow that's a small kitchen and that's because everything else was organized in there to um exhibit artwork yeah. i mean and i bring it up specifically not just because like i love the architecture of that house and still think about it but also because you guys did a pretty cool project in one of your last years there during the uh, fair d- right? during the dallas art fair which is a great but small regional art fair you guys did an outdoor painting show mm-hmm. uh which meant you actually turned over the exterior of the of the building of the house to pascal spangelman uh then at the time uh the director of marlboro gallery and uh, and who else did he co-cured it with someone else? It, uh, yes, it was at the time it was done with 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 Marlboro in Canada, right? Um, but the idea for outdoor paintings, which was the name of the show, um, w- was Pascal's originally, and and really something uh, we had talked about for a long time. This this idea of showing artwork outside um, and paintings in particular outside and. So something you you see typically and, and it was dope you, you had like uh you know um yeah uh i'm trying to think i'm a great mark flood like on the entry gate to your to your yeah. driveway and everything just kind of stuck right on the outside of the house yeah looked and, like dope and this amazing on this amazing modernist house this great bright kind of well that's Dallas the stuff to the outside yeah. of the house that the, the the conversation you know with pascal was never being able to find someone who would let him stick things on the outside of the house and i said well I will. I am that someone. So, um, yes, we had. Mark. Which he said to you, knowing full well, I bet that if anyone would, you would be a king. Pe- people were fascinated with that aspect of it. Like you really let them put holes in your house. It's stucco. You patch it. It was fine. Um, which you know, sort of, I guess, segues to now. Um, in, in terms of a new iteration of outdoor painting. Well, that's why I bring it out. So we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll skip over. We're going we're to come back to like the okay. narrative and no, but I want to skip ahead to like okay. what's happening in, I don't know, three weeks, a month or so, which is another iteration of outdoor paintings, but this time in the New York area. Right. Well, a lot of things happen from there to yeah, there. We'll, we'll come back. Don't worry. Don't worry. <laughs> and, uh, and, and Pascal and I are, uh, our, business partners with, with, Broadway, the gallery that, that we talked about briefly earlier, and we're resurrecting or, or rather continuing the outdoor paintings plan uh, in Bellport on Long Island on, fa- on Father's Day. Um, Great. And so this is, this is, it's got a very creative sequel name, Outdoor Paintings 2. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> and I like it. You know, usually Mother's Day in years past is always taken over by having to schlep out to the Brandt Peter Foundation. Brandt. But Father's Day, I feel like this is a much more father-friendly kind of thing. Absolutely. Sure. Well, we're also, Pascal and I are both fathers, and so there was also no way for there to be much argument amongst our families if we were going to have to disappear for a Sunday to do this. <laughs> um, you know. Um, do you have an artist list that's pu- that's public yet that you can name any names I, from? I, I certainly can. I mean, it's really, wow. f- it's really focused, especially this being the first year of our gallery. It's really focused around the gallery program. Um, so we're going to be showing uh, all, all new works uh, by Andrew Quo, Sarah Kane, uh, Devin Troy Struther, uh, Joe Negagosian. Um, let's see who else is going to be there. Uh, Josh Tonsfeld, Meg Lipke, uh, Andrea Marie Breiling. Nice. This is great. I'm probably, am I forgetting? I'm probably forgetting somebody. Um, maybe Sky Hope Inca. We're trying to see what that what that might be still for for the show. I we're, mean, are you going to do a little barbecue? It is Father's Day after all. We're you know we're we're we have a sponsor. We have a sponsor. We have an amazing wow. wine sponsor, uh, Vivantair, who I think uh, I know you know those guys. Definitely Shout friends of the pod for yeah. sure. So uh, they're going to be bringing a new wine. I, I, uh, I think it's a white wine that they're introducing there. Uh, we're still so figuring sick. out the food component, but we're excited to have the the uh, you know Rosie and Max Asulin's wine out there. Yeah, of course, Joe Cole Bellport. gets the brand the brand collabs from the get go. <laughs> from oh, where, the get go, where in Belport is it? Well, um, it's it's at uh, Friends of the Gallery's house, um, oh. and uh, it, it's right. A couple blocks from the water in a great oh, sort of amazing. historical home. And Bellport, like a very cool town, a lot of like fashion oh, yeah. people kind of th- out there, I believe. Um, a lot of, a bunch uh, of- Anna Wintour uh, keeps a home there, I believe, That's right. and others. Isabella Rossellini is out there with a, a large Famously. organic farm mm-hmm. situation of that I don't she know is. much of about. Of course she is. That's a fantasy come to life. She's got uh, a really dope farm, like there, a historically there's, dope there's one. Quite a bit, there's quite a, a growing you know, collector or, or art community out there as well. And I think you know we were we're looking for a way to to bring this back, and we'll we'll keep doing outdoor paintings as we find these opportunities. The conversation that Pascal and I had is now uh, continued into a conversation that he and I have to have with other people standing outside looking at their house. Yeah, no, we can Con- patch that. Don't worry about Con- it. Don't worry about it. It'll be fine. Right. It'll that's, be totally that's, fine. That's no right. stress. I'll give I, you a free painting. It's all. I, it's all good. I kind of envision us having this conversation, you know, for the rest of my life, you know, in different places around the country as the opportunity arises. Okay. Now, so going back in town, you guys are in Dallas. You get this great house. You're doing all these great creative projects with the with a with a retail and uh, and hospitality group, restaurants, uh, hotels, office lobbies, etc. And uh, and your wife's running this like kind of incredible, you know, what what people th- were thinking of as kind of the Barneys for our generation. Uh, I heard it referred to as. Uh, and then there's a pandemic, and uh, I go from coming to Dallas every other week to uh, to not coming to Dallas at all. I believe we had like one last meal together just before the pandemic uh, in in that restaurant with Al Freeman. So what was that restaurant called? I'm totally blank. It was called Queso Beso. It's gone. Queso Beso, <laughs> along Damn. with a lot of other things now. Yeah. Um, and along with you. Yeah, along with me. <laughs> a lot of things left Dallas, including Joe Cole. And, fa- and family. Dallas lost his New York's game. We we did. I, look, um, my 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 time in Dallas was was great. There was a lot of uh, fun projects that that I was able to participate in. But ultimately, my wife and I uh, are from the New York area uh, for the most part. Our families are here. Work and life was always bringing us here. I think it was inevitable that we would come back. Uh, I think the pandemic uh, and, and and what that you know, 
what that led to in terms of what was going on with some of those businesses um, probably expedited some of that. No, the pandemic, like in all things, was an accelerant. It wasn't yeah, a cause, but an accelerant yeah. to things. And as as the world was doing what the world was doing, we looked at each other and said, you know, this has been fun, but we, we want to go home. So we, we started looking for... Um, but, I mean, they loved you in Dallas, too. Every kind of I, I work with a, a great young collector there who knew you uh, a little bit, but even the, the kind of older generation, you know, the Wachowskis of the world, always like speaking to me, oh, do you know Joe Cole? You guys would really get along. You guys would really uh, vibe. So you were, you were a much-loved part, so I'm sure well, that they were sad to see I, you go. I very much consider all those people friends and, and am excited to continue uh, engaging with them, you know, socially, personally, and, and professionally when it makes sense from the the kind of the gallery position yeah you want to send them some invoices for sure man. <laughs> i mean come on um so you're like okay we're moving to new york let's get this done yeah. um uh you made a couple kind of trips along the way you end up not in the city but you guys are up in larchmont just north of uh just north of the bronx really like yeah. lower lower westchester right yeah we are we you know we we lived all over the city at various other times and we thought about uh you know coming back but we looked we looked far and wide we looked further up um we decided we wanted to be relatively close, but wanted the things that that come with uh, living in a house not too far away. It's it's really barely half an hour. Um, oh, and you guys have like a yard and everything. Oh yeah, we have we have, wow. we live in a very different house, also a great house. We live in a house that was built in 1892 as a church, so it's almost the exact opposite of the other house we were talking about. Um, but it but it's terrific, and our kids have a really great lifestyle there, and. We're both in and out of the city as as frequently as we need to be. Yeah, we went to dinner, you and I, the other night, Joel. Maybe a couple, Joel, maybe a couple weeks ago, and we're both leaving. We both take Ubers, and you texted me as you were getting home. And I live in the Upper East Side. Maybe 15, 12 to fifteen minutes after I pulled in right, in exactly. front of my house, it, it's I, we live we live in an area right on the Long Island Sound. If I you know when there's there's a beach and everything, and if I look down the sound um i can see the throg's neck and whitestone bridge you know basically queens and you got a buddy there because your business partner pascal who really should have had into it's, it's weird to have a conversation about him without him here yeah is like living just down the street from you around the corner something like that yeah I understand. yeah he's in another town not not too far away uh, okay which, it's another town okay in, yeah. my, in my fantasy you guys were like <laughs> you know like uh, like the guy in um uh, uh like a home improvement yeah. like a home improvement like across the back fence yeah oh, no he's, he, he also decamped to to lower westchester um or as people who know nothing about it in the city call it upstate. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's a Hudson Valley, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, no, it's great. I think uh, it's really, there's, there's a reason that those towns have, have thrived the way that they, they do. I didn't know them too much. I knew many more people that have moved further upstate or to the Hamptons, but the proximity is pretty crazy. Um, and convenient and really, really happy. Listen, I was looking at Zillow like a, like app like a, a, that evening as you told me you're getting home. I was like, oh, that might be interesting. Yeah, it's it's Th- there's, really there's no inventory left. Everybody, everyone, I'm everyone, sure, Joe, yeah. as usual, we, started the started the started the trend and the trends already. We yeah, we got in right before the prices started going pretty pretty nuts with the pandemic. Um, and you know, also pandemic. So okay, I'll move my family halfway across the country. And oh, I know, I know, everything's ground to a halt, especially in New York City. I'm going to open a contemporary art gallery. Uh, I'm proud of that. Uh, yeah. in in New York for uh, sure I mean I know you and Pascal have been close forever it makes like a, someone who knows you guys both it makes a tremendous amount of sense that right. this is what now would be but to an outsider like like what the fuck dude are you high I mean yeah I know it's funny when we were creeping around town looking at spaces before we were ready to talk about it it was like anybody who knows us sees us is going to put this together <laughs> in, yeah. you know pretty, pretty quickly <laughs> fortunately nobody was here so um 
yeah, look, I, I, uh, I was looking at a, a whole range of the, the different things that kind of fall into the categories of things we were talking about earlier. Um, Pascal was at a, a, a point with what he was doing where he was no longer at Marlboro and, and looking at what he was going to do next. And uh, as you mentioned, we've been good friends for a long time. We've also done things like outdoor paintings. We did uh, a show in Miami together with Andrew Quo uh, a few years back as well. So there's some history there and various commissions, clothing and brands, like that. everything. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yes, yeah, I was an early sure. investor in Schritz. Schritz um, should have gotten this, mentioned earlier. This is a, well. This, I'm wearing a Schritz. You are for. Uh, I should have worn my Schritz hat. I have an original Water Lilies hat. I, well, I'm covered I'm, as featured in last week's uh, Wall Street Journal. That's, that's right. right. Yeah. Thanks, thanks, Jacob. There you go. That's <laughs> yeah. right. Shout out Jacob Gallagher. Um, so yeah, we you know I, I think for me and those things we were talking about uh, earlier the the art part, whether it was advising or, or collecting or commissions for all those things I was, I was doing was certainly the, the, the time that I was enjoying the most. Uh, and so as Pascal and I started talking about it, you know, it, it, it felt like, it felt like a very exciting idea. And, you know, we, we just kind of looked for something that the, the gallery that we have was a sign in a window. Um, and we, we just kind of, and you, I mean, you signed a lease like kind of at the depth of things in New York, right? Like yes. What month? What yeah. month was it? It was like over the summer, I guess, or, or late spring. August. We negotiated our lease at the end of August. Wow. Uh, so yeah, we. I mean, that that's also part of it. This this time has been obviously challenging, but it creates opportunity. If you know, if you can find it out there, um, you know, we wanted to find a way to do this that wasn't gonna. You know, there's obviously risk, but. I think we set ourselves up, um, you know, our space is, is not grand. Um, I would say it's, it's fairly modest. modest yeah. yeah. Um, but it's, it's really just the two of us. We have a, a wonderful gallery manager, Tyler Dobson as well, but it's, you know, I mean, it's modest, but it's on, it's on the, it's on the artery of New York city, the beating heartbeat, the, the beating heartbeat of the city. Well, Broadway. I don't, I don't think Broadway was at that time, the avenue of Broadway relative to the side streets considered the most attractive idea. Uh, I mean, since then, you've had PPOW open, which I is great. I don't mean practically. I just mean ideologically. Right. right. <laughs> oh, there's that. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't think practically. Yeah. Um, well, I do. It was. It, I don't think it was. Con- I, but I do think it wasn't practically considered, you know. I think it was how do you get on these you know side streets and things like that, um, but I think that that it appealed to our general approach to things, uh, and it's it's been it's been awesome. We've you know we've both done a lot of things, worked for a lot of people. We've both worked for ourselves in the past as well. Uh, so we're we're kind of back to that. Um, as I mentioned, it's a it's a modest space, but I, I know uh, I know that each one of these shows and artists we've been working with so far is getting every ounce of time we have and it's been going well i mean and as we alluded to earlier I mean, it's a great little community over there you have right. Mikel, Mikel it's all awesome. right in, in basically sh- same building but share uh, different uh, different entry streets that's right is there a uh, sense of camaraderie amongst all these new or slightly new galleries in tribeca i think like? i think largely there's that i've always found that sense of camaraderie exists in the art world um certainly more so than i've seen it exist in other worlds like retail or even F&B to an extent. Um, I mean, there's, there's limits, right? No one's, no one's inviting me to their collector dinners now. Um, no one's going to seat me next to a collector at a dinner, I guess is the way I should have put <laughs> no, it. No, definitely not. <laughs> which is fine. Um, that's negotiating my position in this world now, which is a little bit different, but one I'm happy with. Uh-huh. Um, but sure. Um, you mentioned Nikkel. Um, it's awesome to have her right there and, and we're friends and that's great. And, um, 
and you know, there's obviously, you know, Kreps has been down there for, for a while. Yep. Um, PPOW just opening there was, was pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I could keep going. There's plenty of great galleries right around there. And I see people looking around for spaces, you know, all the time. I'm oh, sure yeah. you should start just leasing Every them out and subleasing them. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> you, uh, you, you have a good, you have a good nose for real estate, I think. Um, and other than, I mean, so you have the gallery, you've done five shows now, four shows? We've done five shows, yep. yeah. See how up to date I am? I've, se- I've seen every single one. I'm and not sure if I can say that about any other gallery in New York. I've uh, seen every show uh, they've done. You have a show Let's opening see, see up. Saturday? Yes, right? we're opening an incredible show with Devin Troy Struther on Saturday, um, who uh, who's on, on, probably on his way into town from the airport now. And um, yeah, that'll be number six. Um Speaking of galleries, dinner. You guys, you guys, have you guys started socializing yet? Like, what's your what's the social life since you got social life like you since you got back to New York? A good restaurant. Yeah, I hear I, I hear you like to eat. I do. I do. We, we I, first I, met I, at the Odeon, I think, Joe. Remember, we had a big dinner I guess that's after true. Independent. Well, and so I associate you with incredible world class restaurants. Well, that I I appreciate that. Though I think the Odeon is an incredible experience yes he does not think it's a world-class restaurant we, we have i just don't think the food is world-class <laughs> yeah. but, but i love I mean, it but you're there awful frequently the now <laughs> i'm I mean, there all the time i spend a fortune that's there. your cafeteria <laughs> yeah well restaurants are about more than the food um we, we you know this whole time each show we've actually had a dinner of some form every time that's amazing um you know we we've we've we froze meg lipke um after her show <laughs> so we're, we're fortunate she didn't get hypothermia but we you know we've been we've been at the odeon quite a bit they've been incredible um, you know, kind of putting tables together outside, just oh, yeah. dealing with things. They, they, I feel like their business went up during the pandemic. It feels like they crushed it. They're there. totally they really, crushing they it. They were the one restaurant that was really fully formed when outdoor dining started in June. There weren't that many restaurants that really had it all together from the get go, and the Odeon did. Yeah, I was going there two or three times a week. I, th- I think we've done almost all of our dinners there so far because they've been just the easiest to deal with during this. It's now changing. Um, you know, we're getting back to like, oh, how many people do you have? There's a minimum. Um, so that, that that's... I mean, getting a reservation these days on a Friday or Saturday night in New York City, not, never mind a gallery dinner, just for a four-top or a two-top, oh, yeah. kind of impossible. That's why I have three Resi ghost accounts. Yeah, well, <laughs> there you go. Well, that's why, you, that's why you have to have the Resi, the notify option on. Uh, you got to have the notify option. You got to have the I multiple always, accounts. Always Listen, tell, tell me about... I need to know more. Tell me about the multiple <laughs> accounts. How does this work? This is an incredible Well, app. you know, yeah, you got to have... You could put the app on your iPad can have a different account than the one on your phone Damn. or your browser can have a different one. So you just need, you know, a couple of a couple of Google Voice numbers and email addresses and you're good to go. And that way you can make your decisions later. I'm I like literally having, setting this up this I, I afternoon. I like having options. You know, I agree having options. You don't know who you're in the mood for. They get shut down every once yeah. in a while. You know, I'm rocking my, my current major ghost account uh, is under the name Dave Stoller, um, <laughs> who you might remember from... Uh, breaking away are you guys started to apply for fairs coming up is that going to be something that's on the agenda or are you going to, just going to keep it more like on the dl it, it, it yes and i mean originally it was actually kind of uh helpful to have um have that kind of on pause as you're starting a new gallery and, and watching watching your dollars and, and keeping your focus there but no we are uh, our first fair we're going to be doing the independent Great. Uh, where we're doing a solo show with joe nigagosian um, Amazing! Yeah, at, at the Cipriani building. At the Cipriani building, it's gonna be sick. I think it's gonna be great. Speaking of all, all seen, no food. <laughs> right. um, and I'm excited, this, uh, yeah. excited for Joe's Joe's show. Uh, we, mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys have seen her paintings. She used to 
uh, she used to really work, do uh, be a sculptor when she was showing with team, but she kind of reset uh, over the last cool. couple of years and is doing these cool. really incredible, moody, still life paintings that, that I'm excited about. And uh, so you guys brought some of the, you know, uh, Pascal obviously worked as a director at Marlboro, and he brought some of the artists he was closest with over with him. But you guys have also expanded. Uh, you mentioned Joss Tonsfeld, who's an artist I'm really interested in, but he certainly wasn't in the Marlboro program. Um, well, and with Josh, I can I can give you give you guys some breaking breaking news involving Josh. Um, and and back to the fair question, we're we're going to be participating in Art Basel in Miami. Great, uh, with <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. in the uh, in the Nova section with um, Josh Tonsfeld. Oh, that's super Hope exciting! That's great. So great. Yeah, so great excited about that. Congrats. Oh, so you are doing the fairs? So. Yeah, so we're doing I'll the fairs. Yeah. <laughs> Skipping right over Nada. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. No, we love Nada as well. Of course, I love Heather. We but, love you it know, all. Just saying, that's a that's a that's an impressive uh, impressive debut on the international yeah, outside of the, New York Fair City. It, it'd be great, and then we have Josh's Josh, excuse me, Josh's show in January, so it'll be a nice follow up to that. Um, but yeah, so yeah, we have a couple of yeah. Andrew uh, has worked with Pascal both at uh, Taxter and Spangman and at at Marlboro for many years, and um, who else do we have? Devin had shown with Marlboro a little bit. Um, I think that's Edie Fake, who we're showing in December, um, had shown with Marlboro, and I think everybody else is is uh, not of that world, I guess. Okay, before we wrap it up, final questions. Outside of Odeon, best pandemic meal in New York? Ooh. I'm trying to, you know, I don't want to, there's, uh, there's places it's I so don't want to ruin, you know? <laughs> Dude, no one listens. Come on. Woos. Yeah, yeah I was going to I was gonna drop the woos. Yeah, I mean, everyone knows woos is our favorite. And they'll never get oversubscribed. We'll I be mean, fine. I, it's I, fine. I have been, uh, as you both know, pretty obsessed with the classics over this time. It's been like a kind of feeding my soul yeah. of like what? New York City classics. Right, what's your cycle? Like, because I it's, sort of, yeah. It's been, it's been pretty uh, same. I mean, it's been Odeon, Frenchette, mm-hmm. yep. Raoul's, uh-huh. Pastis. I mean, this, Fuck, this yes. current version of Pastis is really... Uh, probably the best of any of those places at this point. Oh uh, yeah, it's, um, it's 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 firing all cylinders. I've been yeah. a few times. It's really great. Uh, you know, but there's of course, you know, I don't know if we're can- if you're, McNa- you're, McNally's canceled now. Maybe so. There's that. Eh, McNally can like, never be canceled. He's the patron saint of New York. It's yeah. fine. You're rocking a CMT hat. Yeah, I love Chez Matant. I uh, I had Mother's Day brunch there. Ooh, the, you um, get the pancakes? Of course, I got the pancakes. Yeah. I made my wife those pancakes a year ago Damn. in pandemic. You so made the CMT we pancakes? We had to like, go full circle Fuck. and go there. Go there live. Young gentlemen, take note. <laughs> uh, I'm going to their sister restaurant tonight. Crocodile. I, I, I had dinner there. Speaking of these restaurants and Andrew Quo, I had dinner there with him. A uh. great pandemic dinner there with him. That place also was really crushing it. Uh, they, their outdoor space was just really amazing in the, the height of all this pandemic nonsense. I, I've had incredible experiences at Shea Matant in particular, and, and mm-hmm. uh, I think that place is awesome. So awesome. Yeah. All right. Unpaid, unpaid sponsored post. <laughs> <laughs> That's it for us. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye, Bye to Bene. Bye.